1: Lucky Lucky Podcast. The Anora boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey. AnurahWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey. AnurahWhiskey.com. If you drink, by all means, make sure you do so.
2: Responsibly.
1: Gotta do it responsibly. And, CFB Nation, presented by Twisted Tea. Hey, That's a banger hey. every time. Le- big weekend first of all shout out to my mom's it's her birthday we kicked it last night shout out to moms and then she requested that all of the kids and grandkids cook for her today so that's why normally we do this around five six o'clock on a sunday that's why we're a little bit later because, hey, the queen said she wanted time with her kids and grandkids, and that's what we did, bro. That's what we did. I I tried for the first time.
2: For the first time,
1: I'm a grill master. Left, I think I. right. I'm a grill master. I thought it was. I thought it was the brisket. The brisket I'm saving for the holiday. Okay. <laughs> But for the first time, like, I've already done brisket for her. So, but I did flank steak today for the first time.
2: Oh, yeah. Flank steak's right. It's it's delicate, but it's right.
1: But they always talk about how difficult it is to make it tender.
2: Mm.
1: And so I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take this challenge.
2: Take the challenge? Yeah. Yeah. It gets dry fast. That's why Mm -hmm. it's hard
1: to make it tender.
2: So you got to marinate it.
1: Marinate it and cook it slow. Marinate it's and like, cook it, slow.
2: It's like your eggs. You got to cook it, your eggs on low, medium, on low heat.
1: Yeah, not like my, not anything on Like when my mother does her short ribs. When my mother does her short ribs, she puts them in the oven. She allows them to cook in the oven, and then she throws them on the grill.
2: That's right. Or about That's right. Five, Ten minutes. That's like the mac and cheese you make on the stove and then you throw it in the oven?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, man, that is, I got home last night, and it was so reminiscent, right? The last time we went out, we went to Gibson Steakhouse. And this was really, like, for her friends, you know, church family, you know, people that wanted to come. It was, like, a bigger thing. We were in one of the big rooms there at Gibson Steakhouse. Today was more just immediate family, and um, that's right. Here I am sneaking to the bar. Yeah, you know, like I gotta go to the bathroom. You know, sneaking to the bar, checking in on the game.
2: Get your ten minute walk in,
1: dude. The last time I did that at the same restaurant for her birthday was the Florida State game that you guys lost on that BS call at the end. So last night was so much better when it comes to the outcome, so much better. You know what I'm saying? So can I preface what we're about to talk about? Notre Dame's impressive 48-20 to uh, winning victory over USC. That's right. And I, I loosely use the word impressive. I'll just say that because of the score.
2: Definitely loosely.
1: But uh, I think it's honest to say that neither one of us is really impressed by the win. I believe they jumped up to number 15 in the poll. And uh, we kind of predicted this after the Ohio State game. Did we not? We did. We didn't know that the Louisville loss would... Proceeded, but um, we said, look, this is what Notre Dame does. They smack USC. That's right. That's why the Ohio State loss was so damaging, because it was the only chance to change a narrative nationally about Notre Dame. That's right. Beating USC doesn't change. Big recruiting weekend, though. Great recruiting weekend. Cardo Nelson, he was back on campus, even though he's still committed to Nebraska. For whoever knows why. Yeah, uh, man, I think I, I, would, I would say expect a flip coming soon, left.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide
1: But I want to start off, and then we'll get to, like, how your keys to the game went. And then we'll end up with grades and talk about some other things. You know what bugs me, love? Well, I guess it's this part of fandom, right? That I know you have, like, bitter rivals as a fan like the packers are the bitter rivals of the chicago bears supposedly um the new york knicks are the bitter rivals of the chicago bulls yes for a short period there the detroit pistons were as well i remember when the bulls and pistons would go back at it i would laugh because i was Hear segments of a fandom saying negative things about Isaiah Thomas, right? Mm. I'm too Chicago for that. I'm like, dude, Isaiah's more Chicago than Mike is. Like, you'll mm. never hear me say nothing crazy about Isaiah. Before Mike came to the league, I was coming home to watch Isaiah on Sunday afternoons. Oh, yeah? Like, that? He was Chicago. Because the Bulls stunk. Right. I didn't care about watching them. I right. came home to watch the Pistons against the Celtics because Zeke was playing. Right. And he was repping the shot. I never cared what the Knicks were doing. Love, I I still don't care what the Knicks are doing. Right? They ain't doing much of nothing, though. USC is Notre Dame's bitter rival. I watch Kayla Williams every chance I get.
2: Every time. Every chance,
1: I'm not sitting up there wishing for USC to lose. I don't. I'm just not that type of fan, bro. It's not that. Ser- I don't. I don't sit and watch Michigan hoping they lose. I, right. I just don't. I don't do that, man. I all of my energy goes to my squad. Like I laugh at people, Bears fans on Twitter, that literally put their emotions into every Green Bay Packer game, like wishing they lose. Like the other night on Monday Night Football, like cats going really hard on Jordan Love, and I'm like, for what? The Bears suck, dude. Like, forget all of that energy, to get all of that energy. Yeah, that you, I'm giving to the man. The Bears literally stink. They're literally. not good right now. Did they win today? No. And by the no, nineteen to thirteen and. Both quarterbacks sucked today. If you go look at the stats, both of them stunk today left. And Justin got hurt like in the fourth quarter. His his wrist, his arm, something. So that's what rubs me the wrong way as I bring this over to Notre Dame. The absolute silly silly. Things that have been said about Caleb Williams from Notre Dame fans over the last 24 hours, 24 plus. It's actually embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing. Like, Notre Dame fans have actually said things like, uh, Sam Hartman is the better pro prospect at quarterback. That's terrible. Like horrible. Like, what are we talking about right now? I've said it before and I'll say it again. If Caleb Williams was a quarterback of Notre Dame, they would be undefeated. Easily. The Ohio State game wouldn't have been close. Because we got defense. That Duke game would not have been close.
2: We got defense.
1: The Louisville game would have been a dub. Shout out to Sebo Flemister for taking them clowns down. Last
2: yeah. Week. They they had their Super Bowl beating us. I'm,
1: I'm not basking in them losing. I'm just saying I love the fact that a former Notre Dame player got busy against them. Shout yeah. out to Sebo Flemister. Oh, yeah. I think he had, uh, he averaged like five yards a pop, two touchdowns. That's what's up. So, you know, it was kind of disappointing. Like, then remember we asked the question after the Ohio State loss, do you storm the field if you beat USC? Is that a field storm worthy event? I guess we we got our answer because the students definitely stormed the field. But, that you know, yo, that troubled me, man. That that troubled me because I feel like okay, Notre Dame fans, that's we're doing a little bit too much. And then the fingernail stuff came back up, and I'm like, man, if that dude was your quarterback and he put FUSC on you on his fingernails, fan his base would have gone crazy, crazy. Supportive, you know, eh, I just don't. As a Notre Dame fan, I I really could care less if the rivals lose as long as they lose to us. Yeah, as long as 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 they lose to us, I don't care what they do the rest of the year. Like, I can't wait, I cannot wait. Left, wait a minute, I gotta make sure. Let me double check this. uh, Let me check this schedule. The USC-Washington game? It is November the 4th. I cannot wait, Le. Can't wait. What game is that one? That's the Washington-USC. Yeah, Can't yeah, wait. yeah. Can't wait. Man, cannot wait. Well, Washington has a defense. Me and my entire Notre Dame fandom will be parked in front of the TV to watch that in its entirety. As a college football fan, that I do. When lose a draw, I don't care who wins. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't
2: care who wins on that one. I don't care who wins. Obviously, both guys do play well, though.
1: It is. That's it. So now we can get to your keys and how they went because, you know, whether it's college and Notre Dame or the Bears. I do Or the Bulls. I don't. Dude, I don't care what the rival does. Dude. I'm not wasting energy hoping that the rival loses to the Denver Nuggets on a Tuesday night. I, dude, I don't care. All of my energy is towards No. Towards Notre Dame. That's it. That's it.
2: Exactly. And um, you know, I thought we did exactly what I thought we would. From the sense of history, you know, our history is that we only allow C.J. Stroud to score 21 points. hmm. So when it comes to being prepared against top tier quarterbacks, defensively, we'll we'll have the game plan for that. Mm-hmm. And tonight was no or um, well, Saturday night was no different because I knew our goal <clears throat> with that NFL scheme has some looks that mm-hmm. Caleb has never seen before and then you add that uh, variety of different looks, and then you combo that with the fast-paced offense in which they play, that's an easy uh, style win for us because that's a quick three-and-out that you end up having. You know, you're trying to move fast against looks that changing and makes it tough for the quarterback, so you're getting off the field a lot much uh, much more. And so it just it, it makes it hard when you don't have a – I said, we well, you don't have a – how would you put it? Uh, they, have a, they have a lot of empty calories for an offense, considering they don't run that many plays. They just run fast and they, you know, work the scheme versus what you're doing. But the way our Golden Cause defense is, is it's a little more in-depth. So the general plays that you're trying to run on a consistent basis just doesn't work. It's like using um, like the like the Baylor type of offense versus an actual defense, like an Alabama or something, where they actually, you know, playing, playing that stuff out. And I just overall thought we played with a lot of pride. There's more so than anything, I think that was – what stood out to me most is that the, just the pride overall and the heart to be like, you know what, we, we put our foot down today. And it just showed, especially on defense, but offensively, we put our foot down. We wasn't trying to be passive and, you know, try to uh, wade in the water on this team. We were, you know, regular schedule program on top of the fact that, uh, USC defense is trash. I'm glad that we actually took advantage of the fact that their defense was trash, and we proved it again on Saturday.
1: And see, the offense really wasn't required to do much, right? Like if your defense turns the ball over to you and you got a two yard drive, that's as an offense are you supposed to apologize for that? Not at all. Now in the, I believe first and second quarter. Score was 7-3. to Notre Dame had a couple of drives that stalled out for various reasons, right? I really don't think it was offensive scheme. Looking at both drives again today, it was really more about execution. That's it.
2: That's it. And and the decision was made that we're going to come and be ready to play and not sleepwalk. Through the game, once you know it got late in the second, and I saw that you know the score was close. I said, "Oh, this is our this is this is where we want them." Mm. This is like dragging the fighter out to deep waters. Once we make it past that first second round, they discombobulated. When's the last time they played from behind, and when's the last time they scored that little, that late in the game? Mm -hmm. I think it threw off their whole. Um, mojo. Mm-hmm. Just because they're looking to score first drive and have twenty one points by the first quarter, high high rate of scoring, and when that was affected, you know they didn't know how to respond to it or that adversity because it was just too different. They knew their defense was giving it up.
1: Well, you know they are the quintessential fast break team of college football. They right. have to play. From out
2: in front, yeah. And when they can't, it's just you'll just win. It just it just yeah. is not built to to come from behind like that, which is similar to Colorado's offense mm-hmm. and and how Stanford, being who they are, the, the, the clever Stanford that they, the they consistent, yeah. yeah. They uh-huh. they just showed their character and identity, and that'll win every time versus a fast break. That'll mm-hmm. win every time. Cause Stanford just got that man. They hard to beat, man. I ain't gonna lie to I don't care if they won four, didn't win any games. They that team is hard to beat. I mean, the the guy started making crazy plays.
1: The receiver uh, number thirteen. Yeah. Oh
2: man, oh man, and he's like, which is always Stanford's kind of like Mitch. You get these tall, statured, built ass. Receiver, receiver tight yeah. ends. They be like 6'5", 2'45". Mm-hmm. They may not be fast or nothing like that for real,
0: mm-hmm. but they
2: just big dudes. Grown men. And that's what that game looked like in the second half of the Colorado game, which is grown men. They just they just running. They running tough. And so mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Uh, but that fast break offense is definitely broken up. And runs out of steam when you're playing from behind and when you can't just rip off play after play with the basic stuff that they were doing. The stuff that out
1: That I'll game should have been everybody. over. Like you said, that game should have been over if Colorado could simply run the ball.
2: They can't do it. They, they can't. can't they, they're it. not built. They're not built for that. No. And the same thing for SC, they're not built to sustain a run game when they're trying to close out a game or or keep an offense off the field or whatever.
1: Yeah,
2: We're a well-balanced team. Well-balanced team that schemes the right way, beats a, a air raid type of system that they got going on because they definitely don't got no defense. So they're relying extra heavily on their offense. Yeah. And once you can slow it down or affect it, I mean, you got them buried in the hand. So I thought strategy-wise, we had them beat from even the jump. Which goes back to why this wasn't a, wasn't making the the wasn't making more of an impressive uh feat than beating Ohio State just because we knew going in. Oh, USC didn't have no defense. We we already went on the offensive defensive line. It's just a matter of execution. Ohio State was they pretty talented, we pretty talented. Beating them changes the narrative of the program. USC's been there, done that. So it's like, yeah, it's good to see us win by a great margin and shut down the Heisman uh, potential hopeful again, but a Heisman winner. But it was only only matter of time for USC.
0: Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Look, we
2: saw... With Washington,
1: oh,
0: yes, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> at least two more losses. Yeah, at and least it, might, two more it more. might start this weekend with Utah. Like, yeah, yeah, and it might start because yes, Utah's Utah's defensive and offensive line have to be like salivating after watching the Notre Dame. Oh, like, oh, a word? Oh, you giving it up? Like, yeah, you so know, and they already about... proved that they have a formula in the Pac-12 championship game last year. Like, oh, we. We can pressure. We can pressure Caleb.
2: Absolutely. They're like an exoskeleton of a team. They got all the nice extremities and fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. But they don't have, like, it's like a house, right? They got the nice, all the extra stuff. But when it comes to, like, stuff that you need, personal items like pillows or bed or, you know, bath towels, Mm -hmm. they don't got that. They got the cheap towels. (laughs) They got the they got the cheap the cheap linen sheets and stuff. It ain't it ain't that Egyptian silk cotton.
1: Now look, I'm not on front. You know, I have like my linen closet for the visitors when we have people stay. And then we have our own personal linen closet. Like for us, you know, I like the real thick tiles myself. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but in that in the visitors' linen closet, they get the real thin one.
2: And, and I understand, I'm saying personal items. You yeah. know, I'm saying person like, they're, they're treating their whole crib like an Airbnb rental. It's a nice Airbnb, Airbnb, it's a nice neighborhood, but everything in there is dollar store quality. Mm-hmm. That's USC. Because when the interior has to step up that offense and defensive line and and, and and the crucial spots to change the game, they don't have none of that. They got yeah. the fancy bells and whistles. You know, the Tesla car that got the butterfly doors and the fancy, but it's made of plastic. It ain't no, it ain't no heavy machinery like a G-Wagon where you can write mm-hmm. it off. That's a piece of plastic. It's fancy, it's is is it's, it's brand new, it's electric and all that. But I think that the styles make fights, and we we had USC beat before the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Just from a a, a psychological standpoint. Yeah. they were—they're finesse. were Their finesse, we're physical. Period. End of story game over. Their finesse, we're a physical team.
1: Like you said, styles make fights. And this was just, this was Terrence Crawford against Errol Spence. Basically. That's what we watched. That's exactly what we watched last night.
2: But they I, had nothing for us.
1: No, no, no. And, and it was good to see special team success. It was good to see defensive success. And when they got the turnovers, it was good to see the Notre Dame offense put seven on the board. Right. Um, with the three interceptions, turn those into points and do what you have to do. And once they got USC coming from behind, you really – You almost made them one-dimensional because Notre Dame defensively looked like they were not – they came in saying our front, our linebackers, and our defensive line can handle the run. Yeah. We can handle the USC run. And they had enough confidence that they were like, oh, we got dudes on the back end to lock you down. Exactly. And, that, and shout out to, let me tell you something somebody that's taken unnecessary criticism. Shout out to Cam Hart, who continues to have a hell of a senior season. I keep telling people, people have no clue what this young man means to this program from a leadership standpoint. And the fact that he consistently, for the last two years, when he could have sat out and not played, certain games with injuries he chose to play 80 percent 85 percent ninety, and we knew you weren't getting the best of cam hart but he was there for his squad he was a leader and now that he's totally healthy now you see who he is it's as simple as that that's right Huge to see him play the game that he played last night. Uh, The offense, special teams, coaching staff, everybody needed this game. And I'm glad it went the way that it went. A lot of areas gained some confidence heading into the bye week. That's what we needed to see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Getting a chance to really get a a win after all the – dramatic losses and emotional Mm -hmm. uh strain that we took during these unnecessary uh, well i mean it's the gauntlet you Mm -hmm. know we we went through our gauntlet we had some teams we had to face knowing the challenge and we ended better than we started if ohio state is a starting point we ended better than we started Mm -hmm. and i think that uh It just shows the character of who we are as a team, especially Notre Dame, that when it gets later in the year, we get better. That's a constant. You know, there's constants and variables. The constant you can rely on is that we'll get better in November. We may have some early losses that are unfortunate like we do. Stanford, Marshall, you know. But we get greater later, and it's a good way to start going into bye week that
1: way. By the way, kudos to you and your partner in the booth this weekend because not only was that game horrendous, but the conditions were horrendous up in Gipsilanti, bro.
2: It was it was cold for me and the team. They had the windows and you're
1: from the Midwest.
2: No, I'm not. I don't feel like it. I didn't feel like it then. My, My goodness. I mean, it was kicking my butt, but. You know, the
1: max is they, always did, they have you flying to Detroit. Did you yep. fly to Detroit?
2: Okay, right in Detroit, so it's not far, but it man, it was man, it's like this early October and it's cold like cold, cold. Yeah, so that farmer's almanac probably got y'all <laughs> in negative 15 degrees by January or something.
1: Yo, it is really. A huge difference, and we'll get back to Notre Dame. That Kent State program with the departure of Sean Lewis and all the transfers they lost, bro. You want you talking about a program being (laughs) decimated? Woo! Yeah, that's
2: a lot of Mac schools, though. They get built up real nice and just gutted when the coach leaves for a better school or whatever the case. And you know, Kent State just opposite of Notre Dame, but similar issues of recruiting.
1: Yeah.
2: Nobody want to go over there. You know?
1: I mean, what, Tez Walker had his, what, second game? Two touchdowns with North Carolina? Yeah, bro. It is. That is the transfer portal, right? Let's talk about the offense a little bit and it was good to see chris tyreek finally catch a deep ball and score six
2: games in you know.
1: man sam hartman almost got rico killed in the first half and the running game is the running game i thought the offensive line did a really good job of just kind of setting the tone Like I said, they had short fields, and Sam was clean all night.
2: Look, you got to remember, you got guys that play against us and say, man, that's the best offensive line I've ever played. Yeah. What do you think USC's league are saying? They ain't never seen no blocking, like Notre Dame's blocking, or at least the consistency. Because, you know, the Pac-12 is very – been across the board at O-line from just a, a, a steady dose of just physicality and impact mm-hmm. and consistency in the run schemes and yeah you know you got light in the pants o lineman that's playing a lot of fast break football so for us giving USC a shock in that factor it was about controlling the line of scrimmage and once Sam just like any quarterback damn near in college football get enough time in that pocket, you can do
1: some damage. Absolutely, absolutely. Lucky Lefty podcast. I think the offense, as I said before, a lot of people still have questions. Last night, what can you really judge? They only, you can judge time of possession. USC had the ball for ten more minutes. As I said there were two drives when that game was around seven to three, when Notre Dame could have extended the lead. And um, I guess a few questionable play calls from Jared Parker, but yo, he he added motion, we saw a lot more bunch formations, and he actually ran a reverse, and it worked. So, continue to build, continue to add to but it's going to come down to these players going out there and executing. You're on mute, bro.
2: Yeah, and have that physicality when you step on the field and not play as if we're sleepwalking. You know, Mm -hmm. we're waiting on the other team to jumpstart us to get involved. We got involved early and often and and demanded the pace of the game be on our terms. And once we did that, we made it really difficult – Notre Dame to keep that – I mean, for USC to keep that pace, once they saw the way we were bringing it, they couldn't match that energy. And and when we are firing on cylinders like that, we become a dangerous team now because once we can set a pace, we didn't necessarily set the pace versus Ohio State. Mm. We were more so trying to fight for positioning. But we set the tone versus USC, and then once we do that, we control how it goes because of our offensive line, defense line.
1: And let's see. Who is this that said this? Oh, Joe Papiti. Thanks for joining us, man. He said still would have loved to see more deep shots. Can I uh can I say this? And I hope people out of love. You're not getting more deep shots because Sam is not taking them. The play where he almost got Rico killed, Jaden Greathouse had man-to-man and clearly beat the defensive back off the line. Sam chose to lock on to Rico Flores on the crossing route. That was another opportunity for a big play. Yeah, right. they're there for sure. They tried to hit Jordan Faison on the fade route. Why are we still throwing a Jordan? <laughs> bro, you look. Yes, I have a problem with that. He's a story now. This is Notre Dame. Anytime you get a story like that, you already know they're going to milk it. You can, you can roll your eyes, look to the left, look to the right. Notre Dame is about to milk the hell out of this Jordan Faison. Oh, my ride, God. It's terrible for recruiting. Terrible First for recruiting. of all, he already picked up a, a scholarship last week. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a scholarship, full scholarship now after the Louisville game.
2: You know, man, what is what is Notre Dame recruiting at this point? This is ridiculous. I'm just this is ridiculous. You. But we he get a scholarship, but we denying a four star running back at the door that wants to commit.
1: Let's hear some other questions or comments left. Chief Martin, Martin thank you for tapping in, my brother. Sean, do you think USC could beat Washington? I believe the game is at USC. Yeah, it'll be a shootout. That's all I'm hoping for. I think the game is to
2: 48 to 50, 55 games or something.
1: It is yes at USC, and if USC can jump out in front of Washington, they'll be able to play their game. But I would take Washington, Michael Penix, in that matchup right now. But do I think USC can can beat them? I mean, any team can beat.
0: They can beat. I mean, they have the talent to beat them. They do.
1: Mike Nolan. Indy basically chose Buckner over Williams in recruiting cycle, even though he's a Gonzaga prep guy in the D.C. area. Wrong evaluation for. And once again, we kept telling Notre Dame fans there's a backstory to why Caleb Williams put FND on his nails. Right? He went to school, uh, your former teammate, Devin Butler, if I'm not mistaken, tried to inform Notre Dame about Caleb Williams. And like most Notre Dame former players, no one reached back out, no one took their calls. This isn't the first ex-player that is like, yo, I had a kid interested in Notre Dame, and Notre Dame basically poo-pooed the kid and he didn't like it and so when he finally had a chance to play them he let his feelings be known period whether he had it on a towel on a wristband on his nails he was going to find a way to let Notre Dame how he feels about them even though the old regime is down at LSU for him, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. So, Jake Grizz. So, do you all think ND would have beaten SC on a neutral field or at the Coliseum?
2: Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, obviously, I think home field plays some sort of advantage, but in neutral site, mm. I think we would have had similar results just due to the fact of the the things that we do that they're not good at and the amount of pressure Caleb has to have because if you looked at that game, taking a step back, Mm
1: -hmm. if Caleb
2: doesn't have a 400, 300-plus-yard game, USC is struggling. They're a bad football team. Facts. Like a bad football team because they don't got a run game, they don't got a defense, and special teams isn't the best. Hmm. So, if Caleb's not out there getting four or 500, what is USC? Mm. And the, the numbers are crazy. Three to 400 plus all, you know, a game. Throw in some rushing yards with it. That's a lot you're requiring of your quarterback when everybody else on the team is a pretty much average player. So, You know, I just think from top to bottom, we have a more uh, thorough, talented Mm. roster than SC, who has a bunch of finesse, talented players.
1: Team full of transfers, too. Because, you know, Notre Dame, you know, according to some fans, after the Louisville game, Notre Dame can't beat teams that have a lot of transfers. You know, like, oh, you know, the transfer portals changed everything. Not when Notre Dame plays their A game. When Notre Dame plays their game, they smack teams. Yeah. They smack teams. Um, that's that's me the this thing. is for you, left. Uh, with Zach Swarbrick and Father Jenkins both retiring what effect will it have on the football program?
2: Well, it just depends on how they leave the program and what tentacles they have attached to what they're leaving from. So, it's a clean break. You're just stepping into the to the to the beyonder or whatever they call it. Stepping to yonder, yeah. Then allow Pete like and Marcus Freeman to flush out all the extra and start. You know, fostering their relationship move forward, but you know, Father Jenkins and Swarbrick leaving. I just think it's the, the closing of an era uh-huh. that we have had a, a consistent amount of relevance and success to at least attract these TV contracts, apparel deals. Yes, yes. you know, the things you have
1: to tip your cap, you have to tip your so cap.
2: They've definitely set the stage or standard of which Notre Dame can operate from in, in in a lot of different ways. I mean, all the construction going on, Father Jenkins obviously has a huge hand in that. So from a updating and progressive standpoint, Notre Dame has achieved those those levels of expectations. Hell, we, Jack Swarbrick, was a big part of, had been those additions to the stadium. I mean, that stadium's been there forever, and for Jack to have a lot of opportunity, uh, and a big hand, in assisting and building those additions to the stadium—that's legacy of in of his home. You know, that's a pretty, pretty amazing thing to be a part of. I mean, hell, he even took the, the grass out for the turf. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Jack's been very. Impactful during his time at Notre Dame. I mean, hiring Marcus Freeman and Brian Kelly. One of them is a winningest coach of all time at a place like Notre Dame. He hired him. It's a pretty good move. I think he can hang his hat on a lot of very positive things. He can talk a lot of stuff about. If anybody was to try to pull his card about being at Notre Dame, he, he's, you know,
0: He's put a lot of
2: place. Now, um, I do think that hopefully we step in more of a freer position and a more friendly position to do some of the things that require spending money. I think not going that direction would be an example of hanging on to Father Jenkins and Schwarberg by not spending money in this stewardship. if that stays around. Mm -hmm. So those are the two things that I would think if we don't get over, they will still have an influence, quote unquote, on what's going on in Notre Dame.
1: Mm -hmm. We know Jack's replacement. We've yet to find out who Father Jenkins' replacement will be. Shout out to Marcus Freeman and the team giving Father Jenkins the game ball last night and his last that's his last rivalry game so that was huge that's his last sc game nice gesture by them and it was really good to see joe montana back in the spot you know up in the suites and then at the end of the game he comes down he's standing in front of the locker room dapping everybody up as they walk into the locker room that's huge for recruits to see and experience, uh, Cam was there. Uh, your boy Justin Yoon was back on campus. Like, hey, yo. That's
2: the, that's the guy right there. He didn't roll out the red carpet for Yoon right there, man. All-time right. leading scorer.
1: Yo, like, people, the players came in for the USC game, which shows you just how big and how impactful and meaningful the game still is for players that played there.
2: Yeah, it's definitely still a huge game, and it's it's really a, a well-attended game only if USC is worth a damn, and for them to have the Heisman guy and a lot of hype, uh, it definitely brought out the stars. Uh, similarly to how when we played Ohio State, we're the reason LeBron came, not because Ohio State. LeBron came to the game because Notre Dame was playing them, and that's how he showed up. So when SC comes with all their celebrity finally because they got some some star players and this, that, and the third, now you feel more of that traditional rivalry fester, mm-hmm. you feel like it's more of an event. It's more of something going to happen, and I think that only comes when USC finally is a consistent good because other than that, we're consistently good every year, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like whatever. There's no big deal or small deal that we end up beating them because they are never consistent or haven't been in the last however many years. Some years they'll be up, some years they'll be down. We've kind of played the middle, but at Ohio State is a new level, in my opinion, that we could have reached because of what they are and what they mean to college football and what our narrative has been as Notre Dame in the landscape of college football.